God praise, honor, and glory for all that He's done. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am Nothing can stand against the power 
glory today. By the Lord, just a little bit more. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to praise God today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Aren't you glad he's fighting your battles? I know I am. We encounter things in life that only God can get us through. Last Sunday morning, I woke up, and I went right down to the ground with my head spinning. Vertigo had attacked me. I never had it before, but I couldn't even stand up without crashing into walls. And all through that week, I was in that condition. But I heard about the prayers of the saints. And I thank God for all of you, for those who pray one for another. And by Friday, I was able to come back to church again. But that's nothing but God fighting our battles. Aren't you glad he fights your battles? I couldn't have done it myself. Only God could have done that. And he will do the same for you, you, and you. Praise God. Let us uh, go to the word of God, brothers and sisters, our wonderful friend, our compass, that which guides us through life. Amen. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. A wonderful word we have here. Paul writes, we destroy arguments and every proud obstacle to the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Jesus Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Praise God. In verse 3 he says, For though we live in the world, we are not carrying on in a worldly war. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but the mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here's the knowledge of God, church. Amen. This is what we live by. This is what we stand on. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. Please bow your heads and join me in reverence to our wonderful, almighty, precious God, our Savior, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you humbly, but yet as you've told us boldly, before your throne of grace where you say we can obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. Lord, we are needy people. No matter who we are, we need you in some way, in some aspect. Our country needs you. Our world needs you. The world is in a turmoil, Heavenly Father. Lord, we look up to you. We lift up our eyes into the hills from which cometh our help. For your word says our help cometh from the Lord who made heaven who made earth, who made us. Lord, we thank you for keeping us safe from all hurt, harm, and dangers, from dangers seen and unseen alike. Oh, how many things that have come upon us that we're not even aware of that you have protected us from. We thank you. We take this opportunity to say thank you. And dear God, please continue to cover us with your holy protection. We ask to God that you'll lead us and guide us according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure for our lives. For only you know what is best for us. Lord, bless each and every person that is here today, who came here to hear the word of God expounded, preached, glorified, taught by the great man of God. And we ask in Jesus' name that those who are watching on the internet, TV, that you will bless them likely. Lord, bless our elderly and our our youth, those most vulnerable in our society. We ask, dear God, that you bless those around the world who are being 
unjustly persecuted. Many of them for righteousness sake, especially in the Ukraine. Protect these people, dear God. Protect those in Israel who are being attacked. Even just riding down the street on a bus. Oftentimes their their lives are, are taken. Bless those, dear God, up in Buffalo who were just lost at a supermarket. Just going about their business shopping. Lord, we need you. You said, in the day of trouble, call upon me, and I will hearken unto you, and I will save you. And then I will go and wait for you to glorify me. Father, you don't have to wait. We glorify you right now. Father, we give you all the honor and all the glory every day of our life. In Jesus' matchless, mighty, magnificent name we pray. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Of all the events we host here at the Bear Campus, the Father's Day Car Show is one of the most popular, and it's almost time for this year's show. Sunday, June 19th, from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., you can come and see all kinds of cool cars from classic to modern. The day will also include a live DJ, inflatables, and food trucks. This year we are asking for a suggested donation of $20 per car to benefit Sunday Breakfast Mission in Wilmington. We will need a number of volunteers to make this happen. You can sign up to show off your car or to volunteer by going to events. Reaching out to the communities around our campuses is very important to us. This summer, Family Vacation Bible School is back. The theme for VBS is Jerusalem Marketplace, and it covers the life of Jesus from the time he enters Jerusalem through his resurrection. It begins at the Bear Campus on June 22nd and continues every Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. through July 27th. The Ellesmere Campus VBS will run Saturdays from 11 to 1 and will begin on June 25th and run through July 30th. In the coming weeks, you will hear more about how to get your child involved and how you can help with this ministry. Our Ellesmere campus will be hosting another open mic night on Saturday, May 21st at 7 p.m. Come and share your talents with us. You can sing, play an instrument, or share some family-friendly comedy. Harps the Halos, a Christian blues band, will also perform. Doors will open at 6.30 p.m. with music beginning at 7 p.m. Light snacks, sodas, water, and coffee will be available. Admission is free. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see all of you on this very cloudy day, but it is warm, so I'm glad it's warm because I've been waiting for summer. So good morning for all of you in person and for all of you online. 
And if you are new here, you, you are in person, again, welcome. So if you are new, before you leave, make sure you leave this, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center, where you will receive a free gift, be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff, and also, again, it's a Welcome Center. So just if you've traveled like, a lot like I have, it's like a baby Welcome Center. So brochures and other things in there, just not a bathroom. The bathroom's on the other side. And for those of you... And for those of you online, if you are new, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that just most likely popped up in the chat. And now for Connect Cards. So whether you're at the table or at your seat, you will see a Connect Card, which we would love for you to fill out so we know that you were here today. And, of course, if you have any prayer requests, you can write that, that on there, too, because we're always praying for you. And those of you online, you can either click the Connect Card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. Great. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Good to see all of you here today. And uh, as we talk about what's on the tables and things that how the ways that we express our faith and develop our faith here at Christ the Cornerstone, we talk about loving, serving and engaging. And we want to love God with our whole heart, serve God and serve others with using the abilities that God has given to us and, and the special abilities that come to us through the Holy Spirit And then engaging the world with a good message of Jesus Christ, who transforms our lives. And that's a great thing. I want to invite Daniel, if he would come out. And uh, one of the ways that we we serve is by giving. And uh, we have some principles that we follow that that we want to hold one another accountable to. And today is principle number 10. Would you read this with me as you see it on the screen? We give cheerfully. And uh, it's a great big long sentence that's, that's difficult to say. No, it's not. But let's read this scripture together. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That's such a powerful verse to me. Uh, because I find myself too many times giving reluctantly. God loves a cheerful giver. And uh, nobody likes pressure. Uh, But we have so many things that God has given to us, whether it's time, whether it's an ability, a skill, a talent, or our financial resources. And God just wants us to use those things uh, freely. The other thing that we do to engage one another is we have many small groups. And on your seat uh, or on your table or on a seat near you is a long list of the small groups that we have available and and I've got Daniel here this morning to talk about a couple of them. And uh, Daniel not only is our drummer, he also handles our, 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 our financial resources uh, for the church. He is in charge of our youth and our student ministries, grades 7 through 12, right? You guys meet. When, when do you meet? Oh, yeah, we need a microphone. Uh, we meet Sunday evenings at my house, which is fun, uh, from 530 to 7.30. Um, and in the summer, we meet Friday morning also at my house where we, we have breakfast. And then, I don't know if you're familiar with the show The Chosen, but we watch that together. And then we go to my mom's house next door and go swimming and destroy her house. So that's kind of our summer plan. So if you're getting ready to, for, for summer, grades 7 through 12, yep. and uh, that's, that's an open invitation. It and is. Uh, it's it a, is. Great, a great opportunity. Daniel also leads a, a, a young men's group. I say young men, but I, don't, I think that's accurate. But uh, and and they meet. They've been meeting on Monday nights, but they're kind of in flux during the summer. 
So say a little bit about about the, the con- maybe the content of that group or what you do. Yeah, we have a, a group. It's a couple of guys, and um, we've been doing a video series where we go to one of someone's house. We go to Tim's house. He plays guitar sometimes, and we watch a video about uh, Paul in Philippi, and it's really really interesting. And then there's discussion questions, and we learn. It's it's interesting because when we read the Bible, when we read the Scripture, we see the context of what Paul was talking about. So not only how it applies to us, but his audience at the time. Um, but we have some different family dynamics, so we're going to be switching the date uh, in the summer. So we're kind of trying to figure out what date's going to work, but we will continue to meet during the summer. Hey, excellent. Very good. Thank you, Daniel. And uh, just think about that as we're, we're going through our series called You Belong. It's really all about asking you and make, uh, having you think about the people that you are connected with and how you're engaging with that. So hopefully uh, you'll take, take advantage of all those opportunities that we have to connect. Let me invite you to stand uh, and let's return to singing as part of our worship together. And uh, let me offer this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for the many blessings that you give to us, the connections that we have, not just with you, but with one another. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and be present with us now as we as we again focus our minds and our hearts on you, as we sing to you. Uh, those of us who are, may not be singers, we're listening to uh, the words of those who around us are singing it. Lord, come and inhabit the praises of your people and speak to us in, in these moments as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we continue to worship this morning, we're going to sing a song that's probably going to be new or unfamiliar to most of you, but it's a song that talks about the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God, and we're going to be talking about that. Pastor is going to be talking about that in a few minutes, and I don't know about you, but I can raise my hand and say that there are so many reasons why I should not be standing here today. All the stupid things that I've done, all the things that where I put myself in a position in a place where God did not want me to be. But for whatever reason, because of his mercy and his grace, here I am. And here you are. And that is a testimony not to me, but to the goodness of God and all that he does in us. And so we just want to worship him and thank him for that. wasn't based 
based on what I've done, but the goodness and mercy and the power of His love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, oh. I thought I. Choices made that I regret. Oh, I would still be lost. Oh, but for the mercy of God. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. This is goodness and power of the blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done, but the goodness and mercy and the power of Can wash away my 
thank you for your son who came to have his body broken and his blood shed for us so that we could be standing in this place today enjoying your grace and your mercy whether we're here or whether we're watching online whether we're watching it today or whether it's months down the road Lord we pray that this moment would sink into someone's heart that we did not get what we deserve. Well, folks, we understand today that sin, when you commit a crime, it demands justice. And we had committed sin against God. And it demands, sin demanded justice. But instead, what we got was Jesus who stepped in and said, no, I, I'm, I'm going to take the penalty for this. You can go free. So grace is getting something that we don't deserve. A favor from God that we don't deserve getting. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Because we all deserve justice. Romans says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And sometimes it just overwhelms me. How much it cost him to pay that price for We thank you, Lord, today for your grace and your mercy in our lives. Amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved the wretch Was grace that taught my heart. 
April. We just want to pray an anointing over her and her team as well as Pastor Roger as he comes to bring the message. Today, God, we are overwhelmed and overcome. By all that you are to us and all that you have given so that we might have eternal life. So, God, we pray today for April and her team as they minister to our children. We pray that your anointing, the Holy Spirit, would flow through each of them and that our children would be encouraged and changed and, and, and touched today and affected for eternity. We pray for Pastor Roger as he comes to bring the message this morning that our hearts would be open to receive from you, God. You are worthy of praise, Lord, like no other we give you that praise in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. Life, it can be hard. But we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community. Each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. Then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find, when you find, the place where you belong. singing. God has inha- does and is inhabiting the praises of his people, and so I thank you. Uh, I don't know what you're experiencing online. I pray that the Holy Spirit comes into your home or uh, wherever you are, that you just sense his presence, because we, can, we know the Lord is here with us today, and I pray the Lord is with you also. 
We have been offered a gift. The gift is life. Life fully and life abundantly. But we're not living that life. God has given us another gift to replace the life that we have refused. And in doing so, we're not living the life that God wants us to live. The gift of new life that God offers to us is replaces kind of a living dead, to use a popular phrase <laughs> these days, that results from us having ignored God's power, God's presence, and God's work in our own lives. We are created to be with God and one another. To live now and forever. Helen Steiner Rice is a popular poet. I came across this poem of hers that describes in some ways how much God has for us. She uses very simple terms and she writes, more than hearts can imagine or minds comprehend, God's bountiful gifts are ours without end. We ask for a cupful when the vast sea is ours. We pick a small rosebud from a garden of flowers. We reach for a sunbeam, but the sun still abides. We draw one short breath. But there's air on all sides. Whatever we ask for falls short of God's giving. For His greatness exceeds every facet of living. And always God is ready and eager and willing to pour out His mercy, completely fulfilling all of our needs for peace, joy, and rest. For God gives His children Whatever is best. Just give him a chance to open his treasures and he'll fill your life with unfathomable pleasures. Pleasures that never grow worn out and faded and leave us depleted, disillusioned and jaded. For God has a storehouse just filled to the brim with all that anyone needs if we'll only ask. Him. In our series called You Belong, God has a life for us, a full life, an abundant life, a joy-filled life. And if you're in any way not experiencing that, you're missing out. And so it's time it's an opportunity today to consider every aspect of your life, every facet of your life, and ask, am I filled with God's life? Every place. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, we've been reading, as we did in the last few weeks, spending four weeks looking through chapter 1 of the book of Ephesians. Paul prays a prayer, a powerful prayer. We looked at it last week, but Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. 
Paul prays this prayer. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. And what's striking to me in this, in part, is the word understand. God has created our minds to be able to comprehend great and wonderful things. Just look around. There are people that do amazing things. I don't understand mathematics. I don't understand physics. I don't understand electricity. But those who do have been able to create all kinds of things. I don't understand the human body, but I'm certainly grateful for those men and women who spend hours and years and all kinds of money learning about the human body so that they can participate in God's healing in this world. Doctors know that they don't bring God's healing. They only participate in it (laughs) in this world. So Paul prays, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. His power is not manifest to all. It is to those who are willing to lay their lives for Him. To rely upon Him. To trust Him. May you understand. To the rest, it's a mystery. But to those of us, it has been revealed that these powers that we see happening in this world are powers of God. We're going to read some more about power. In verse 19, continues, says, This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. It is the power to give life where life has stopped. A few sentences later in chapter 2, which really is the text for today, chapter 2 of Ephesians, verses 1 through 10, if you want to join me there, page 977. We've been on page 977 for five weeks now. We ain't moving very fast. But in the Bibles that we've got here, page 977, or find it on your app or whatever device you have. I want us to keep in mind this idea of power that, that Paul has brought up. And I also want to, I want to teach you something about when we read scripture in our English translations today. We have it all divided up in nice little sections and verses and chapters and even the, the, the different uh, translations that we have. The one that we have here is the New Living Translation. You may be familiar with the NIV or the King James Version or, or whatever. All of these English translations have taken the original language and divided them up into sentences and the paragraphs. I want you to imagine the original manuscripts written. They didn't have any punctuation. They didn't have any breaks in the, in, from one sentence to another. 
They didn't have any breaks in space from one paragraph to another. And our English teachers and our students in our schools spend a lot of time learning to understand our English language and how to communicate it meaningfully so that we can express what we want to express. But back in the day when these scriptures were written, there was no punctuation. There, There were capital letters and there were lowercase letters. But when they wrote them, they wrote everything in lowercase or they wrote everything in capital letters. And you just had this long line of words with no spaces, maybe minor spaces. And you had to know where one word began and one that word ended and another word began. So imagine just a, a page full of letters. Back to back, <laughs> you would look at a Bible like that and you would say, I can't read that. Where was that person's English teacher? So, so our translators have done a lot of work for us. But, but one of the things, and, and I'm not saying they got this wrong, but they, they help us to find particular verses in the Bible by dividing them up into chapters and verses. But why I'm telling you all that background is because there's a connection between verse 19 in chapter 1 and verse, and the following verses that continue in chapter 2. And we need to read them together. And understand that Paul has brought up this subject of power, but when we get to chapter 2, he has not stopped talking about power. He's still talking about power. And I, and I want us to contrast the power that Paul describes in chapter 2 with the power that Paul brought up in chapter 1. And what power is that? That is the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. Let's not separate those words. The incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe Him. There is a condition to experiencing God's power in our life. And it hinges on believing Him. So let's go to, so we've got that in our heads. Let's remember that incredibly great power of God and begin reading chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. We just sang about this, and, and, and Pastor Bill selected beautiful music for today. That, that, that puts in, you know, music communicates in ways that logical words don't. That's why we use music in worship, because music helps us communicate things that just our words can't communicate. I know that not all of us enjoy the music. And that's fine, because we're not all alike. But it's why we include the arts in worship, because they help us communicate things that just may be indescribable with just words. I know some of us love words and we love ideas and that's the way we worship, but we also need everything. It says, you, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. And look how Paul describes who the devil is, the commander of the powers 
There's that word again. In the unseen world. He, referring to the devil, is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. God's great power to those who believe him contrasted with the power of the devil to those who refuse to do what God says. Anything in your life you're refusing to do what you know God is saying to do? That is the work in your heart of the powers of the unseen world. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, our nature full of sin. By our very nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. This is the equalizer. Anybody sitting in this room, I'm so glad I'm not a sinner. Get that thought out of your head. (laughs) Just like everyone else. And verse 4. You've heard me say in the past about picking out certain words out of the Bible. And this three-letter word, B-U-T, is one of them that is significant. We've all, all probably been in an English class or some time when we were taught, do not begin a, a sentence with a conjunction. Well, not only did these translators put a conjunction at the beginning of this sentence, they also put the conjunction at the beginning of a paragraph. So this word, there, 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 is, a, there, is, a, there, there is a sharp contrast being made here. That's what the word but means. Here's one idea, but here's a new idea. And anytime we see the word but, we need to pay attention to what two things are being contrasted. On the one hand, we've got us being dead in our sins just like everyone else. But God. I heard that phrase several times this week in the office as Pastor Vaughn and others. And we have this... We have this little area in the office. If you've never been over there, you're welcome to come over there any time. We've got this area where we've got one, two, three, four at least people working all together. What do we call it? The bullpen sometimes or the pit or whatever. And There are days when it's very difficult to get work done in there. And there's a reason that my, my office is across the hall and I close the doors sometimes so that I can focus. But I'm also there because I want, I want to hear what's happening in the rest of the office. And I do, don't I? You guys are shocked when all of a sudden you're, somebody tells a joke or something funny and all of a sudden Roger's laughing in his office over here. The phrase that I've heard several times this week is just these two words, but God. But God. This idea in our world, in my life, but God. And then here's something brand new, totally different, in contrast with what was over here. The two cannot work together. And you know this in your own life. 
I don't understand the saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too, because I always have my cake and eat it too. I don't understand that phrase. I don't know the history of it. I don't know where it came from. But anyway, we know what it means. It means you can't have two things. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know why, why did I bring that one up. I can't explain it. But these two things can't exist together. What is in this world and what God desires for us with a but in the middle. Verse 4 says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. He gave it to us. It is only by God's grace, that's kindness, it is only by God's kindness that we have been saved. He didn't have to do it. It's only by His grace. I think of grace, I think of kindness, I think of... Have you received anything unasked for today? Somebody do something that you didn't ask for just because they were kind? Magnify that. You can't even put a number to that magnification. How much greater God's grace and kindness for you is. Verse 6 says, For He raised us from the dead along with Christ, and He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, because we, by believing Him, are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. None of us can boast. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Aiden, would you help me for a minute? You didn't, you didn't ask to do this. I'm going to ask Aiden to come up here. I've got some, got some, eh, some pretend Nerf guns. Aiden, I want you to stand over there. We've got a shot. We can stand over there. Go a little bit farther and try to, try to get, your, uh, get the balls into the basket. Oop! Come on. Oh! Oh! Uh, wait, you've got one! Yay! Woo! Boo! Oh, oh, you're having too much fun missing. <laughs> there you go. All right. All done. All right. You hold this. You hold this for me. My turn. See, you didn't know. I'm going to go high. Oh. Oh. What's wrong? What was I missing? Power. I got no power in my gun. Thanks, Aiden. That's all we got. That's just the, that's just the fun. A little bit. I want us to go back in the scripture to this word dead and define it in terms of power. Because in the original language, 
When we think of something as dead, we, 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 we absolutely get rid of it. It has no more potential. It has, it has, you can't do anything else with it. But I want you to think of something else that's dead. Let's, let's pretend that um, we went on vacation once many years ago. I packed the van in the, uh, one Saturday night because we always started our vacations on Sundays after church. I say amen. We put the kids in the car and we're off. Amen. And, and one, one year, oh, it was probably 1999, 2000, something like that. I packed the Saturday night. I got the van loaded up. The parsonage that we were living in had a garage underneath the parsonage. And so I had the car in there. The door was closed, had the hatch up on the, uh, the doors of the van open. And so I'm packing it. And I got everything in there. And I said, Carolyn, we're all ready to go. Went to bed, went to church the next morning. All excited to get in the van. And I go down to the garage and the doors are still open. And I close the doors, get the family in it, and I put the key in and I turn the key and nothing happens. What do I do? How do I describe the battery on the car? I say I have a what battery? I have a dead battery. It's not really dead. It's not really useless. The whole car is not useless. It's just powerless. And that's what this word dead means. We're powerless. We're still living in this world. Remember at the beginning of the message, I I described our condition as living dead. We're still walking around in this world trying to survive, trying to live the life that we think is right, that we think is just, that we think is good. But we have no power to do it if we are disobeying God. We've got to follow God's ways. We've got to trust in Him if we want power to live. And there is no way to get that power except to plug in through, through faith to Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Let me read. Let me read this again. And instead of, instead of using the word dead, let me replace it with the idea of power. So in verse 19, we have the word power. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. And we jump to chapter 2 again. Once you were dead, instead of dead, I'm going to use powerless. Once you were powerless because of your disobedience and your many sins. So disobeying God, living in sin, causes us to have no power against what? You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. So if we're not obeying God... We're obeying somebody else, the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. You are being controlled by somebody else. And it says he is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. God has instructed us how to live this life. And in so many ways, we refuse to do what God has Taught us to do. Let me boil it down into one command as Jesus did. Actually, two commands. They're both the same. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. 
And Jesus said the second command is just like it. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. So can any of us say that we have loved the Lord our God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength? I remember Pastor Paul standing up here many times in just the three years that he and I were working together. How many times did he ask that question? And then he confessed, I do not love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Pastor Paul would humble himself, relying upon the mercy of God and the power of the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from that. And then fills us so that we can now live and have strength against it. I had that little gun that had no power in it because I played with the device. I purposefully took the gun apart and removed a part from it so that when I went to shoot it, they would just dribble out the end. (laughs) I gave Aiden the one with power. Because he was, yay! Because he was the one with power. He was able to accomplish the purpose for which I gave it to him. God has given you a life and a purpose in your life. And you cannot accomplish the purpose that God has for you without the power of God with you. It's very simple. It's almost physics. As much as I know about physics. This thing happens. This causes this. God gave us a life. We obey and follow God, and we're going to get what God has for us. God gave us a life. We obey the devil. We decide that I don't need God to tell me what to do. I'm going to obey myself. And then the devil comes in, and he says, this is what you need to do when you obey yourself. You think you're making your own decisions. You're just in a trap of the devil. So, those who are in this power, their hearts refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. And by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were powerless because of our sins, He gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from this powerlessness along with Christ. And he seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. As shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. You are not your own masterpiece. 
We are God's masterpiece. And with our faith in Christ, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We cannot do those good things that God planned for us long ago without the power of God. We cannot have the power of God without our trust in Jesus Christ. This is the way it works. So where are you in relation to God's power? Even when we are powerless in our sin, that is the moment, by our belief, God still gives us life. You do not get new life. You do not get the power and then come to God. You come to God and you say, Jesus, I need you. I confess my powerlessness. I have tried to live my life my way. It's like a a wounded soldier on the battlefield. God wants to to restore that soldier. But the soldier is unable to get up to get help that he needs for life. God sends Jesus to the rescue. I remember a time in my life when, when when I was ready to absolutely quit this work. I said to my boss, my superintendent, I need help. He didn't get it. You'll get through it, Roger. I know it's tough. Just keep going. No, no, no. You don't understand. I said, I am the soldier out on the field who is bleeding. He cannot get up. Bones are broken. He cannot help himself. He needs help. I am crying for a medic. All my platoon has run away. I'm shouting, medic, medic, medic. Who is going to come and help me? Thank you, Jesus is the right answer. (laughs) Jesus rushes to us. He breathes life into us. He lifts us up. He carries us to where we can get help. He heals our wounds. He forgives us. And He gives us new life. The old is gone and you better believe you've got to let the old go. Do not run back to that. Run toward Jesus and what he has for you. Jesus lifts us up, carries us, those who respond with gratitude and give our lives in obedience to him. We're going to finish our service just with some prayer. And so I'm just asking you, where are you? In relation to God. Is there anything like I asked you earlier in your life that you know you are choosing to disobey God in? Confess it. Ask God, I need your help here. And let's watch. See how God works in your life. You bold enough to pray that prayer? I'm standing here saying, I dare you. And see what God does for you. God may make me a fool, but I believe I'm proclaiming the truth of what Jesus has for us. Let me invite you to stand as the team comes back and we sing together. We've got an opportunity to come here and you can kneel here if you want at the platform area. You can go to one of the tables, one of the candles in the back corners of the room where 
a member of our prayer team will be glad to pray with you. You don't have to tell them everything. You don't even have to talk with them. You just say to them, I need some prayer and ask them to pray for you. Then you listen to God. But let's take time to pray. Let God come into our hearts and our minds and ask ourselves the question, Jesus, I've said I believe you many times, but I'm not doing what you ask me to do. Forgive me, Jesus. Come and let your power give me the life that you want me to have. Let's pray together. I invite you to come as you want, as Chris plays. Let's just be in a spirit of prayer. to the fountain to the edge of the bay water stirring it's time for returning jump in the river of grace the spirit is searching hearts are returning jump in the river of grace I am not who I once was. My whole life has been changed. I met the forgiver, and now this sinner will never be the same. He took my burdens. He took my guilt. Carried the hurting of Calvary's hill. He's calling the lost to the foot of the cross, where all the broken are healed. Where He died my death to give me His breath. Oh, now my future is sealed. I am not. I am not who I once was. My whole life has been changed. I met the forgiver, and now this sinner will never be the same. Say, I am not. And I am not who I once was. My whole life has been changed. I met the forgiver, and now this sinner 
will never be the same. I met, I met the forgiver, and now this sinner will never be the same. I met the forgiver, and now this sinner will never be the same. When uh, Pastor Roger was reading that verse in Ephesians 1, where it talks about us being able to understand, comprehend the greatness of the power, we were talking about a little that a little bit this past week on Wednesday. And the image that I got in my head for us to understand is that it's not that God doesn't care about the small things in our lives, because He does. But when are we going to realize that what we are asking Him for many times is for a Saturn V rocket to take us to the grocery store? The power that He has, that He's put inside of us, is immeasurable. And so, church, and when I say church, I mean me, because I have things in my life right now that I am believing God for, that I am praying to God about, for Him to work on my behalf in different situations. And so, what am I asking for? And how am I asking? And how confident am I in the immeasurable power that He has to deliver and to set free? I want to encourage you, the front is still open for prayer. The uh, prayer stations are still folks at the prayer stations. If you're online with us, uh, our folks will be around for another 20 minutes or so. Uh, If you need prayer today, whether you're online or in this room, don't leave until you get that handled, until somebody prays with you or you come down here and pray by yourself. If you're watching this, maybe it's not even today. Maybe it's later on. Uh, Give our our church office a call or an email so that we might be able to agree with you in prayer about whatever it is that God is doing in your life and whatever he wants to do in your life. So, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would, would go with us from this place and we would understand your great power and that we are not who we used to be, that we have completely been changed. Whoever is in Christ, the New Testament says, is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Help us to realize and understand that today. In the name of Jesus. We're going to spend a few minutes continuing to worship up here. When you need to go, you can go. The front's still open. Uh, Prayer uh, workers are still at the stations. God bless you. And I am not who I once was. My whole life has been changed. I met the forgiver, and now this sinner will never be the same. I am not. And I am not who I once was. My whole life has been changed. I met the forgiver, and now this sinner will never be the same. Come on, and now I live.